The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Wolverton. I'm your host. It is Thursday, mm. March the 4th. I fe- yeah, it's th- no, Thursday, March the 3rd. Dang it! My phone wouldn't wouldn't swap off time, timing enough. I, you know, Usually, I leave it unplugged, uncharged. I got it charging up, being responsible, and didn't know what the day was. Anyway, welcome to March. We knew it was March uh, on Wednesday when UNC Asheville in the middle of the day, lost to uh, Charleston Southern on a last-second putback. Charleston Southern had one conference win all year, and now one conference tournament win. It is the middle of the Combine, and it's time to dive into Combine coverage. Joining me to do so, Ryan Wilson and Josh Edwards. What's up, boys? Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? It's going good. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's actually that's one of the positives of the NFL calendar being back a, a week this year is once we get done with the combine, we just roll right into March Madness. So uh, that's actually a pretty cup, pretty good couple of weeks of sports there. Yeah, absolutely. here's how in the like, I feel like I'm in Las Vegas inside the convention center because the carpet's crazy and you never see windows. So actually, March Madness has started like the conference tournaments. That's correct. They started on uh, Tuesday, and then like the the the, so, the Southern Conference started like on Wednesday at uh, at noon. Uh, Wednesday, oh, so NC State uh, hasn't lost yet. Is what you're saying? No, no, no. Uh, Wednesday. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, NC State hopefully lost by ten points or more on Wednesday. Oh, right. Because what do you need that for? My, my money. I'm putting money. I'm fading state the rest of the season. God, <laughs> terrible fan. What a terrible I'm not a terrible fan. If I'm if state's gonna suck, I'm getting paid for it. Uh, I, had, I, had, I bet we we bet him seven different ways against Carolina. Carolina minus four, like last week. We took, we took Carolina minus four. Carolina first half minus two. Carolina team total over. Full game total over. And it's it just it's. Sweat. I don't want to get too far off on a tangent, but you won't be surprised to know that. Pete Prisco's here, and he was talking talking bad about you. I'll tell you what he said exactly. Because I the JLC, he loves to bring up the tattoo, and I said we're going to get the tattoo. Don't worry about it. Brinson's got to pay for it, and that led Prisco to say, "Well, Brinson's lost all that money. He won't tell you about it." I said he won the the golf bet. He goes, "Well, he's he's lost all the money on the NFTs, which you don't talk about." So I don't know if that's true or not. So between right, you Pete, and Debo, I'm not sure Pete, how much you've lost. Pete is Pete has made this up. It's a thing that, it's <laughs> okay. a thing that he likes. No, he, I, we yeah. can move on. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pete's, Pete's, Pete likes to lie and spread propaganda and false information in order to 
Uh, he's basically like a tiny little tan, uh, less powerful. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> he's gonna. The thing is, I'll tell him that he might like it. Like that's the thing; he might actually appreciate the comparison. Yeah, he was on Outkick the Covers show uh, down in the combine. Anyway, um, you're watching on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> what a turn. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. Is that even Welcome, Josh. That's not appropriate. My fault. If so, I apologize. If so, um, anyway, <laughs> what is going on here? If you're watching on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Pick Six. Like and comment on this video if you haven't already. Hit the subscribe button and turn on alerts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hit us up with a five star rating. If you leave a review with a question attached to your five star rating on Apple, we'll try to answer it on an up coming mailbag combine more combine pods coming later this week actually that uh that tiny little tan feller is going to join ryan and uh brady quinn for a, for a live combine show i will be off for the day love it i need a day off and i'm not in indianapolis so you know we got to get the, the scene how would you say wilson oh, by the way 2022 marks the 50th anniversary of title nine and the Attacking Third podcast is celebrating the anniversary all of March for Women's History Month. Each Tuesday during March, hosts Lisa Roman and Sandra Herrera will chat with groundbreakers in women's sports from Sam Mewis and Katrina Adams to Amy Trask and Leslie Visser, the latter two friends of the podcast, this podcast. Listening to Attacking Third's Title IX Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else podcasts are found. Wilson, um, I'm curious. So this is the first combine since the pandemic, since the world shut down. Um, what's, is it, has it, is it different, same feel like, does, does Indianapolis feel like the pandemic's over? Is, you know, like, you know well, what I mean? three weeks ago, three, I told you this three weeks ago, I think was when I went to the senior bowl and there was still, <laughs> the pandemic never started in Alabama, buddy. <laughs> right. I was the only person in the state that wore a mask just because yeah. I live in New York and the mask mandate was still a thing. LA was certainly strict because California and then, uh, mask mandates are pretty much lifted everywhere. We talked last week about how. The NFL was making that weird flex about keeping these players in the bubble and, and they backed down. Uh, you know, they have to put on some primetime programming. So that had something to do with it. But also the mask mandate has been lifted here. So I think I've seen a handful of people wearing masks. No one's wearing masks outside. It's been unseasonably warm here, which has been great. But even indoors, I mean, I, I've shaken as many hands this week as I shook the last three years combined. Just I was, I was kind of hoping we'd just get pounds, fist pounds, but. Here we are. There was it started that way, and then you know the, the people are hugging and all sorts of stuff. So it feels back to normal, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, no, it, it feels as normal as as it possibly could, given how the last two years have unfolded. Um, Josh, you are not in Indianapolis, so I would I mean, yeah, I don't. I would, I would ask you about it, but uh, at any rate, the I was just sort of curious if like you know Prime, like you go to the, you know go to Prime, is it like it was twenty eighteen Prime? Oh, okay. I was there briefly last night, not very long, but um, were, I mean, it, were the were the were teams in? I mean, was it like mostly like media and agent types, or were no? There last night, uh, Matt Lafleur was out. Um, Mike nice. McDaniel, uh, McDaniel was out. Oh, uh, Wes Welker rolled in there. I think he's still with San Francisco. I can't remember. Yeah, he's um, with he's with uh, Miami. He followed McDaniel to Miami. Miami. Okay, so there you go. And and um, Nathaniel Hackett was out, I believe. So there, it was it was plenty of media, more NFL players, uh, coaches than I had seen. Uh, the last pre-COVID combine, um, but I wasn't out very long. But it, it certainly seemed to be business as usual. Okay, that's interesting to hear. Just I was just curious to see, and that there wasn't really like a COVID question, just more, more like a combine question. Um, no, but it felt yeah, no masks, just because there's no mask mandates anymore, and people were acting like I said, acting like it was 2018. 
All right, we got uh, a couple of guys not working out. Big names, Evan Neal of Alabama. We talked about that. Derek Stingley Jr. of LSU, Drake London of USC, and Matt Corral, uh, the quarterback from Ole Miss. All those, all four of those guys aren't working out. Is there what kind of impact? And I think, you know, Traps and I talked about this, maybe. I don't know if Josh and I did, but Josh, do you think that Evan Neal not working out could potentially flip the consensus number one pick from Evan Neal to – I don't yeah I don't think so I mean I think I think he'll still be in the driver's seat even after the combine um not participating he's just such a uh freaky athlete I mean he showed it last year with that box jump it would have been nice to see what he tested because um it doesn't necessarily translate on tape but this is a guy that you know just by his sheer size is physically impressive you know similar to Makai Becton so um, he's always going to have that leg up on everybody. I think he's still the odds on favorite to be the number one overall pick going into free agency. Mm, we'll yeah, I was going to ask Debo what the uh, what where we're at on this gambling wise. So if you're watching on on the YouTube's, still have a Neil minus one twenty. Wow, uh, Icky, Icky's still plus four hundred. What'd you get him at, Brinson? I have Icky at thirty to one. Oh, good. Um, when'd you do that? A while back, uh, when like uh, before, he is now. I've got him now on my local site at plus two sixty nine, and Evan Neal mm-hmm. is minus one forty one. And I think that's probably more in line with the consensus out in the market uh, versus what we're seeing from Caesars with him at four to one. Uh, also, Aiden Hutchinson, wow, he's he's slid back. Interesting. That's real interesting because, yeah, I mean the Jaguars could still they could go you know sign Teron Armstead. And then draft Aiden Hutchinson first overall. Like that's not that crazy of an idea. But I or do start, think, sign Toronto Armstead and draft another offensive lineman. Right. I mean, I think. But it, it, remember, we always talk about these odds uh, for these. Oh, these you're talking about for the purposes of Hutchinson going. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, 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 these odds are not predictive. They are reactive. Right. Yeah. We see these Vegas odds for for draft stuff. They are reacting to news and reacting to the general sentiment. And the fact that they've dialed Aiden Hutchinson back. I mean, he was plus 150 yesterday on my site. Now plus 235 there. You can see plus 325 on Caesars. That's really indicative that I think the larger sense you get is that the Jaguars are going to take an offensive lineman. Um, Josh, do you think that is, is remain? I mean, it seems like I know we won't know to free agency, but it's guys sure it should have seemed like the, the smart thing to do, even if you're <laughs> drafting somebody to put them at right tackle or even guard. Yeah, I mean, it is currently constructed. I think offensive line makes the most sense for Jacksonville because as we talk about with all of these young quarterbacks, even Joe Burrow going into his third year, you have to protect the quarterback. Uh, that's got to be your number one priority if you were unable to do so last year. So the fact that Jacksonville kind of let Trevor Lawrence down last year um, that's got to be priority number one going into this offseason. So, um, you know, I, if even if you take a, a, an offensive lineman at number one overall, I don't think it's out of the question you take another one on day two. You know, you just add some mm-hmm. bodies to that lineup. Um, and so you feel comfortable protecting Trevor Lawrence. I think that's that's the ultimate objective. So yeah. let me ask you something quickly, Brinson. I, I haven't talked to you guys in a few days. Um, has this come up? Have you body slammed Debo about – Chris Ballard's comments regarding Carson Wentz. Um, no, we have we have we talked about it. Breach and I talked about it. we didn't really body slam Debo. Well, I know you like to poke him over Carson Wentz stuff. So, are you okay I with thought, that? Debo? I thought you moved on. I thought you moved on from Carson Wentz after admitting that he's terrible. Hey, he was like the seventeenth best quarterback in football last year. People act like I said on yesterday's show. People act like he was again, which he was in 2020, the 32nd best quarterback in football, or worse than that when you factor in 
other backups coming in. He, oh, he right. was not bad last year by, I, I shouldn't say any stretch. He was terrible <laughs> in week 18 when it matters the most. He did not come through when they needed him. But if that Jaguars loss happened in week six versus week 18, the narrative around Carson Wentz is entirely different. He did not have a bad <laughs> season really by any measure. Uh, is, what's, the is, um, what's the buzz in Indy? Is it just like Carson's done? Here's the thing. Like, I think Debo's right. Like, I my opinion of Carson Wentz hasn't changed other than the fact that Chris Ballard's like, look, man, we're done with this dude, even though it just cost his first-round pick. Frank Reich was actually sort of – you felt bad for him because, like, I stuck my neck out for him. We were really close. Uh, wanted his work. And, they, you know, Frank Reich didn't say we're done. Chris Ballard was certainly more in that direction in terms of comments. But that's the other thing. You never hear people uh, in that position say, say exactly what you think they, they should say. They'd sort of dance around it. So I thought that was interesting more than the fact that like Carson Wentz feels like the same guy he was three days ago. But the fact that, you know, Chris Ballard said it out loud was, was certain something else. Um, yeah, certainly interesting. Uh, it doesn't have to, uh, doesn't have anything to do with uh, these guys working out, but, but I, I'm glad you brought up, uh, you know, the opportunity to dunk all over Debo again. Of course oh, just, I thought you may have taken that opportunity when I missed it. I didn't want to miss it. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I sort of feel, I, I don't know. I like, I kind of feel like they're going to have a hard time moving on from it. What do, what do you mean? You it didn't sound like it yesterday. Well, I mean, you have, to, you have to have another Tuesday. option. You can't just cut Carson Wentz no. and just roll with Easton Stick or somebody. I look forward to week one, <laughs> 2022, when Carson Wentz is the Pittsburgh Steelers starter, and we oh. have a whole new conversation around it. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, Devo, you're not, I'm not even joking. I'm taking Carson Wentz over Jimmy Garoppolo every day of the week. I do not want Garoppolo under any circumstances. I, so. I think that's been a recent debate. Between those two, I don't think there's a ton of separation. My number one quarterback is, <laughs> I'll rank him Trubisky, number one, Carson Wentz, number two, and then Jimmy G. Oh my God, what has happened? Look how happy Josh is. Hey, D- now Debo now has audio of all three members of this podcast saying we take Trubisky over Carson Wentz. Oh, so, I mean, we, we brought up, and, and Josh is a noted Browns fan, but going into next year, you know, independent of kind of money and all the whole situation, would you have Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield? I would still have Baker because I know at least there's some upside there to win a playoff game, Carson. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, town hard. My god. You know, I think I honestly what I'd like to report a murder. I, I honestly Oh wait, wait. That, I just gotta uh, hold on, Josh. I just got a text from Debo. Uh Josh Edwards will never be on the podcast. <laughs> got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, um no, but I think honestly, I think Baker can be uh, serviceable when healthy. I mean, we've seen that he's obviously, you know, a part of that structure. You know, you you can have better at the position, but we've seen when he's operating at his highest that that team is capable of winning. You know, I just and going back to the 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 first pick in the Jaguars, um, I, I do think it's kind of interesting. You look at this free agency class and like <laughs> two of the. Two of the top listed. I'm just looking at spot track just to make sure I don't miss any of these guys. But two of the top listed guys are Jaguars free agents, Cam Robinson and Andrew Norwell, which is kind of amusing. Uh, but you know, you can go out and sign like Brandon, just throw money at Brandon Scherf and Ryan Jensen, and then compliment yeah. them with Icky or or Evan Neal to start at left tackle. Mm-hmm. And like at mm-hmm. the very least, you'd have, you know, um, I mean, I guess here, you know, it's funny about that. I, I agree hundred percent. Like that's what I've been saying that for months, like that you should do that. And I've talked to people, like I've floated that idea to some people uh, in the league and they're like, eh. And then Daniel Jeremiah tweeted last week, like uh, whatever the tweet was about uh, so-and-so of the number X of, of the Y 
last teams to go to the playoffs, they had no first round picks on their offensive line. But I think that's sort of a risky proposition. Unless you're drafting, you're crushing the draft picks. Um, <laughs> what is that nonsense? I thought Devo was going to bring up the Dale Jarrett. This is week. not a Photoshop. Not a Photoshop. Where'd he get that? <laughs> oh, He's sitting there thinking, I can't believe I didn't earn this. <laughs> they do not win the Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. I'll like, leave it sweet, at that. Sweet, sweet. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a picture of Carson Wentz holding the. Or if you're not watching on YouTube, it's a picture of Carson Wentz holding the Lombardi Trophy. But it's like, no. If you are watching, you know who that is because it's not clear that you don't recognize him. I'm surprised he's smiling. I feel like he was certainly unhappy when Nick Foles led his team to a victory. He's he's staring at the Lombardi. He's like, can he's he's trying to figure out if he's like smiling because he realized no one can tell that he's unhappy. He's like, oh look, yeah, you can't see my eyes, and I was secretly rooting for the Patriots for 60 minutes just now. Anyway. Poor Depot. Poor Depot. So uh, I, I actually I like the idea of Scherf and Jensen and one of those guys. For, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, uh, it seems like Stingley is starting to uh, drop pretty aggressively on a bunch of boards. Is that um, have you had him down for a while, Wilson? Like usually, like um, you know, for the fall he was number one. I like uh, Mike Gardner better now, just because he's played more. And I was talking to Scott at the Senior Bowl, that said that's not crazy to think that Stingley's behind Mike Gardner. And he said also Mike Gardner's available. Because Stingley hasn't played. He also has a list frank. I didn't know it was list frank until he didn't show up for the decided not to work out the combine. So that's more serious than just a, a like a Drake London fractured ankle. But you know, if he's healthy and he, he's able to train and he looks good, um, that's certainly the thing. But I mean, Josh, what do you think? 2019 he was lights out. 2020 was a COVID year. This year he played three games and looked terrible. So I like where where is he? Well, that's the question. I think it's going to vary by team. Some of them will say, look what he's capable of in 2019, where he's one of the best cornerbacks in college football as a true freshman. Uh, and then you, rev you review the past two years and he's been dealing with injuries. Now he's dealing with the Liz Frank. Um, that's a concern. I mean, he hasn't played a football game since September 18th. So any team that is willing to take him, you know, in the top half of the first round, whether that's above Ahmad Gardner or not, is taking a risk. You're taking a gamble on what he could be for you at the next level. Um, as far as talent is concerned, I think he's clearly one of the top two cornerbacks in this draft class, aside Gardner. But if you are anywhere near split on the two prospects, you're going to favor the one that has been on the field the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think I read, oh God, I'm trying to think who said this. So apologies for not remembering, but and especially because one of y'all two, um, it, somebody was like Stingley's, or maybe it was Todd McShay talking about it. It's like Sting with it to Albert Breer. Stingley's 2019 freshman tape, like true freshman tape, is some of the best. That's D DJ was talking to P Peter King. That's right. That's what it was. Okay, was yeah, Ryan well, talking to Peter King. Yeah. There you go. DJ talking to P Peter King. My bad, DJ. And I don't, I don't know if this is to get back in Debo's good graces or not, but actually in my mock tomorrow, I have the Browns and the Eagles making a trade in which. Uh, Philadelphia is able to get Derek Stingley Jr. So Ooh. you kind of get an idea of where uh, he's going to be taken in the first round. That helps, oh, I Josh. That helps gonna... a little bit. <laughs> I just got a text. Gonna... I got a text from the Debo that says Josh is still dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought Josh was going to say. Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say I thought my mic was starting to sound a little bit clearer after I said that. <laughs> uh, you thought you thought Josh would be like, I haven't taken Matt Corral at nine, <laughs> like something. <laughs> nope. Um, how about uh, Drake London? Because, oh, London. See, actually, London, I think this is kind of interesting that London is not working out. Um, is he injured or is that just a choice? Thing? He had a fractured ankle towards the end of his season. I think he played eight or nine games. I have to look. But by the end, he walked over to the set fine. I didn't, I didn't, um, 
he's not working out, so I'm guessing he's not 100% yet. Um, and also, you know, if you're going to work out your pro day, your agent can talk you out of working out if you're not 100% or well, even if you are. The reason I find that interesting is that we're going to see Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave run. We're going to see a bunch of these wide receivers run. It's a good wide receiver class. And I think when mm-hmm. we can, when props come out, and props should start coming out right after the draft, Drake London very likely, because he didn't work out, will pro- maybe be somewhere like plus 350 or 5-1 to one to be the first wide receiver taken, right? And that's I think that's pretty good value because I've seen – I know a lot of mocks coming into the combine had him as the first wide receiver taken. And, of course, free agency changes that. But I mean, if you know, yeah. if if you that's a the, I, just for, sort of for listeners and for my own mental memory, uh, you know, let's keep an eye out for those props because if London comes out and he's anything above two to one to be the first wide receiver taken, I think that's probably a pretty good bet. And this lack of working out could could impact that. I mean, same but, thing for Matt Corral. I will, right? I will say, by the same token, Chris Olave is probably going to run well. Um, yep. The same is true of Traylon Burks and Jamison Williams was timed in a four threes before his injury as well. So there's some legitimate speed in this class. Um, and that's just not his body to create separation. So I guess my question for Ryan, what's at what point in the 40 yard dash, do you start getting a little bit concerned, um, about Drake London? Is there a number to you that, you know, maybe has you looking at him a little bit differently? I think if he goes over four, six, like anything under four, six, I'm fine with like, if he runs four, five, eight, I don't care. Cause you see him playing like some of the talking points. This always happens because we got six weeks to kill. Uh, the separation wasn't there. And that's why I had to, had to always have contested catches. He ran by plenty of guys. And um, here's the funny thing is we talked to Jeremy Rucker today, the, the Ohio state tight end. Uh, we talked to, to um, Garrett Wilson as well. We didn't get a chance to talk to Chris Olave, but I asked Jeremy Rucker who he thought was faster Olave or Garrett Wilson. And he said, I, I, I don't know. We talked to Garrett Wilson. He goes, Chris, Chris Olave. He didn't even hesitate. And I think Garrett Wilson plays faster than Chris Olave. But, I mean, every time you hear someone talk about him, Chris, they say he's going to be a burner. And that's the other thing. Like, I love Drake London, but I also love Garrett Wilson, and I also love Traylon Burks. Who's your number one? It's one of those three, Josh, right? Who's your number one? Yeah, so actually I just put up my updated offensive rankings today, and it's Garrett Wilson – um, and then I believe it's Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks. Those mm-hmm. three are, are um, at the top there just because I value what they can do in, in open space. I mean, I think that's kind of the calling card in terms of what you're looking for at the wide receiver position in the NFL these days. Yeah, no, that, I, I and right. Jamison Williams is the, is the that's the top four for me. I don't even know. I haven't decided yet how I'm going to sort these things out because um, they're so good. Um and then, oh, this is this is your list, Josh. You have Chris Olave at four, so you weren't even telling the truth. No, I didn't go into number four. I oh. didn't say I didn't say London was my fourth man. I'm channeling, I'm channeling Debo. <laughs> trying to trying to throw, trying to throw me under the bus here. Um, the one name, the one name that is not listed there that I would have been curious to see is George's uh, George Pickens because I think he would would have been in the conversation for even one of the top two wide receiver prospects in his class had he been healthy the full year. Um, I was a little bit surprised that he decided to come out, but that's a guy that if you're a team with a day two pick and you haven't addressed the wide receiver position yet, that's one of the guys that you're probably targeting is somebody that can come in and be that alpha wide receiver for your team. And you know, the interesting thing about that, Josh, is that he tore his ACL in March, I believe. So almost a year ago came back, but he didn't play much of the season. And I only think he had like five or six targets and he had a couple of big plays in, in that Alabama game, but J- Jameson Williams had the whole season where he dominated 
and then he tore his ACL, and you feel more comfortable right now taking Jameson Williams than, than George Pickens, even though maybe George Pickens is a higher upside guy in the end. It's just that the, the timing is, is not curious, but it certainly had an effect. And to your point, maybe if George Pickens returns, he's wide receiver one next year. Mm, interesting. Interesting indeed. All right, let's take a quick break when we come back. Is the quarterback trade market completely dead before it even begins? We will tell you mm-hmm. coming up next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So some interesting comments from various GMs uh, through uh, Wednesday afternoon. They're done talking on Wednesday, right? Sometimes some guys trickle in. I think they are done, yeah. Tommy Tran mentioned that he thinks they're done today. I I I didn't talk to JJ and JLC in, in Prisco territory, so I sort of... Don't pay attention when they the guys come over to the set, but I think today's the last day or Wednesday is, excuse me. Yeah, uh, yeah, Wednesday was. Sometimes it, it used to be the guys would trickle in on on Thursday, but that has not been the case. A um, couple of quotes from Chris Greer of the Miami Dolphins, the GM of the Miami Dolphins, uh, asked whether he felt Tua Tagovailoa could be an elite quarterback. He said, "I can't say he can't be." What does that mean? Do the do the contraction I, math on that. I cannot say he cannot be elite. In other words. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I have to. Is that is that the same as I can, I can say he can be? It's the same as what Tua said when he said, I don't not feel wanted Golly, by I, the Dolphins. So not not great comments from him there. More interesting, perhaps, though, is the comments he made about other teams' quarterbacks. He said that the Dolphins did reach out to the, to the Saints to gauge Sean Payton's availability. This is uh, via uh, Marcel. Oh, he confirmed that? Yeah, but New Orleans blocked any possible move for the now-retired coach. And he also said he had, quote, no conversations about Tom Brady. And then he said, quote, the door is shut on Deshaun Watson, Hmm. end quote. Do you believe that? Well, I mean, (laughs) if you think about the way – all right, so you think about the way he answered the Tua Tagovailoa question. I don't understand it, but okay. Right, I mean, if he were were thinking about Deshaun Watson – you would believe that he would give some sort of vagary answer there as well, right? Could the answer be more vague than the one he just gave? I mean, the door. I mean, the door is shut on Deshaun Watson. Is pretty- no the vague answer about Tua? Like I don't. That's such a crazy way to answer the question. I can't say he can't be. It's it's, it's amazing. Um, so it does seem like, and and Lovey Smith was asked about Deshaun Watson and said, "quote I'm a patient man." So it doesn't sound like. The Texans are interested, and the way Nick Casario described it, he's, he says like, we're taking it day to day. It sounds like I mean, ridiculous. It sounds like the Texans are, unless somebody just blows them, they're not going to give away a discount on Deshaun Watson because he still has these allegations hanging over his head. It's, it's sort of how I. Has think. anyone updated us on the 
where we're at in the allegation process in terms of it is still ongoing is going to be done soon like do we know anything about that um i mean i think they're just in negotiations probably doing back and forth on discovery they haven't started discovery anything like that i don't think Hmm. um josh do do you believe that Tua Tunga? would you be willing to not say can't say that Tua Tunga Valoa is elite (laughs) oh i'll say that he's not elite um I do think that Miami is probably committed to him just by how things transpired in the coaching search. Uh, It seemed like there was a line drawn in the sand and they decided to go with the general manager uh, who did not want the Deshaun Watson trade as opposed to the head coach, Brian Flores, now with Ryan Steelers that uh, did want a Deshaun Watson trade. So um, I think just based on how that played out, they probably do have um, at least some patience with Tua. I'm not convinced that they think he's the guy, but I think that they are committed to giving him at least one more year. That's uh, that's a better answer than Chris Greer gave. Also yeah. mentioned on Wednesday, Pete Carroll said that the Seahawks are not open for business if teams come calling about Russell Wilson. That's commonplace for us to have conversations, blah, 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 blah. We're not shopping the – oh, this is – this is uh, oh. Carol said general manager John Schneider has given a standard message when teams may call. Quote, we're not shopping the quarterback, end quote. Do we is buy or to, sell – Oh, sorry. No, do you buy or sell uh, John Schneider, Wilson, that, that they're not shopping Russell Wilson? Well, I'll ask you. Is it up to Pete Carroll and John Schneider? Yes. Is it? Because if Russ says, I want out, it's up to them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if he could theoretically force their hands, if you want. Well, last year, he, he was just speculating about places he wanted to go. He just put a list out. I, I, think, like, he's uh, happy. I think I think he's I think he's backed his way into being happy somehow. What changed? They were terrible this year. I know. he. It was down the stretch. It was it was different. The final three or four games, he was really energized, even though, you know, they were they were out of the playoff. I mean, they were kind of snuck back on the edge of the playoff race, but he was like energized and he was just took a different attitude. I, I don't I don't know what changed, but okay. it, it does seem like he is. I think when we talked about this a little bit with um, Breach, but he's in a good spot with his con- he's two years left on his contract. So if they stink again this year, maybe next offseason is when you you make the move. Um, well, uh, Kyler Murray. We talked about that with uh, with with Breach, too, but we got an update. Because my man Eric Burkhart, Kyler's agent, Josh, just flexed on the Arizona Cardinals. Because we, we everyone agreed it was wholly unnecessary to issue that gigantic statement that he sent out. That nobody read because it was 4,000 words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's, that's nice for you, or I'm sorry, I just, I'm too long to read. Uh, but <laughs> it was like, man, this, this is pretty wild to do this at the beginning of the offseason. The very next day, on Wednesday, or no, excuse me, two days later on Wednesday, Cliff Kingsbury... Also represented it, also represented by Eric Burkhardt, gets an extension from the Cardinals, and so does general manager Steve Kime, which means that, Josh, the Cardinals are going to pay Kyler Murray this offseason, right? Yeah, I think uh, that's probably what it what it leads us to. Um, that statement was very appropriately timed. I think the very next day is when Steve Kime did his media appearance in Indianapolis, um, so he was forced to address all of those questions. Um, I think because of the investment that they made when they elected to trade Josh Rosen and draft Kyler Murray, um, that was almost, you know, similar fashion to Dave Gettleman trading for Leonard Williams and giving him the franchise tag. Uh, you're pot committed at that point. 
you are going to give Kyler Murray whatever he wants to make him happy so that he's your franchise quarterback moving forward. Because if Steve Kime were to say, you know, this guy is not the right fit for us, then suddenly you're looking at his track record of quarterbacks and you're saying, you know, why is he going to be given another opportunity to bring in another if Kyler Murray isn't that guy? Wilson. Yes, I agree. No, I think that's right. Yeah. The funny I mean, thing is, like, I didn't, I didn't even know Eric Burhart represented all three of them. Would have been nice to know when I did radio today with our buddy Bob Haney and Vinny Serrato when they were asking me questions about it. And I'm just, you know, speculating. Uh, it makes a lot well, of sense. I don't think Burkhart represents uh, Kime. But he does represent Kiff. Still, oh, even yeah. the fact that that's still uh, the management player. You know how you, know you would have known that? If you listen to the Six podcast. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Fair enough. Lesson learned. Yeah, because uh, and uh, I and I talked about it on uh, Bill Barnwell's podcast too, because we brought it up because the Kyler he just deleted the Instagram stuff. I mean, unless you're doing it on NPR, I'm probably not going to hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, look, if the weird thing is that, okay, so Burkhart is negotiating with the Cardinals to work out a deal for Cliff Kingsbury. I would presume that that negotiation is with. Steve Kime, but Michael Bidwell has to sign off on it. <laughs> Although maybe it's maybe it's straight to Bidwell. But so as he's negotiating this Cliff contract, and it's not like they just like did the t- contract on Tuesday, you know, like they didn't like bang out a Cliff Kingsbury extension on Tuesday. Or maybe they did. Maybe the heat got too much for, for Bidwell and he wanted to crank it out. So in theory, Burkhart's talking to Bidwell and Kime about this Cliff contract. And then, like, right before, maybe, maybe it was getting held up or something. I don't know. But, like, in the middle of it, in the middle of negotiations, before they can announce it, he issues out this statement with from Kyler, which is like, I guess maybe it's a, what, what is it? The, is it, is it the Chinese wall? What is like the invisible wall? Is that the correct terminology? Or I don't something? know that. What's the invisible wall called when you, like, you know, you're like, you're, it's like you're separating church and state. Like you, you know, you compartment, um, compartmentalize it. Uh, but like, you're, you're basically, you know, you're basically saying like, listen, <laughs> I, I know that I represent both of these guys, uh-huh. but I'm going to, you, you, you'll use it to eliminate conflict of interest essentially in, in theory. But I mean, that's, yes. it doesn't work like that when you're talking you're about spinning your wheels right there, buddy. Stuck in the mud. <laughs> stuck in the mud. That's what I call the tow truck. I don't know what the saying is. <laughs> or as Debo said, canceled. <laughs> oh, this it is. It is. Yeah, the phrase is meant to define a two-way seal to prevent communication between parties. All right. Yeah. There you go. Saved yourself. There you go. Well done. Whew. Yeah. All right. Disaster averted for now. What's what's <laughs> ne- what's next? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So look, they're gonna yeah. pick. They're going to pay Kyler this offseason. It's the he he looks like a. But wait a second. Okay, fair enough. But he's not getting Josh Allen money. Let's be real about that. I I mean, Derek Carr historically that's historically that's how it works. Derek Carr was the highest paid quarterback in football for a while. It's like ten minutes, but he was. That I mean, is Derek is Kyler Murray better than Derek Carr in terms of sustained success? Yes. I'm actually somehow coming around on Derek Carr. I know you don't like him, so it's hard for you to say. I'm also coming around on him. It's fine. Uh, oh, Josh McDaniel said that Derek Carr would be uh, the, the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh. And uh, the Vikings, I believe, came out and said that Kirk Cousins will be their guy as well. So really, you know, what we thought was going to be this crazy offseason of everybody, you know, swapping spots. 
I mean, suddenly if you're a team like the Steelers, a team like the Commanders, I hate this team. It's terrible. Uh, If you're a team like the Commanders, if you are a team um, like the Carolina Panthers that thought you were going to be able to acquire a quarterback in the, in the offseason via trade, maybe there's more teams I'm, I'm forgetting, but like, it's just not Denver, right? It's just not there. We could see if, if, if there's no movement in the quarterback market, we could see one Jimmy Garoppolo, who's having shoulder surgery now, go for a hefty price or two Mitchell Trubisky. Not a hefty price. Stop it. What do you think? What do you think they get for him? I would be angry as a Steelers fan if it was a third round pick. It's I definitely at least a second rounder. No way. Yes. Josh, second rounder. I, I was going to say a third. Okay. All right. I, th- I think it's a, I think it's at least the third though. I mean, you guys can say that you value him as a third rounder all you want, but I, I think it's. And now look, if if, oh, if hold on before you go on, let me let's make the list though. So Trubisky, Jameis is number one without question. Marcus Mariota, I think he's still out there. I haven't I mean, heard him in a while. I might, I might take Trubisky over over um, Jameis. Yeah, I would too. Jameis mm-hmm. on the ACL, and he just he wasn't that he wasn't that great. I though. think Jameis in New Orleans is the fit, but Jameis anywhere else, you're you're sort of you're also getting Jameis with no Sean Payton, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah, but it's the same same offense and all that stuff. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick technically still out there. I mean, Big Ben technically, <laughs> technically right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, right. Mariota, Flacco, Trubisky, uh, Gabbert is a free agent, huh? I didn't realize that. Yeah, my boy Mike Glennon is out there. Colt McCoy is a free agent. Chase Daniel. I mean, it's just it's just slim pickings, man. Mm-hmm. And that's and why so, Mr. Trubisky is everyone's number one. <laughs> right. But let's say that Trubisky goes and signs with the Saints. And the Saints need a quarterback too. I forgot to mention them. I mean, let's say or let's say he no, signs. I think Jameis, I think Jameis goes back to New Orleans. Uh, that, that, okay, fine. Let's send Jameis back to New Orleans and Trubisky to who needs a quarterback? Hey, they play Carolina. Maybe he wants to play Carolina. Oh, there you go. He um, can run for his life for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You sign Trubisky. I don't know if they would do it, but because of Sam Darnold, whatever. But they, and then you can draft the offensive lineman at six, so that's fine. So he goes there. Then what? Um, I'm just saying that, like, all of a sudden, you've got the Broncos, you've got the Steelers, you've got who's the other team that we mentioned that needs a quarterback? The Colts, Washington, Washington. So you got these four teams that need a quarterback, and there's just Atlanta. If you don't include them, no, I think they're fine with Matt Ryan. No, uh, what's a what's a the new Fontenot? Font? How does yeah. he pronounce it? Terry Fontenot. 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 He he said, well, you know, he said, though, I'm not committed to Matt Ryan type thing, the sort of half and half. Really? He sort of was, you know, straddling the middle, straddling the fence uh, on Matt Ryan. Uh, Maybe. Steve, Steve Weiss, who works for NFL Media, NFL Network, and also uh, now works for the Falcons team site, um, is, and he used to work for the Atlanta Journal Constitution back in the day, but um, he came out and sort of, in, emphatically you know, just in the, in the way that like a guy who is close with the GM and close with the coach would say that they like Matt Ryan and they want to go with him for the, for the near future. They're not going to like give him a contract extension or anything, but let him play out his deal. I mean, they re, they restructured him. Just let me tell you what he said real quick. Uh, the headline is Falcons GM declines to commit to Matt Ryan in 2020 as a starter. And he's uh, fine. said, you don't ever want to back yourself into a corner. So, you know, sort of the middle of the road sort of comment. Okay. So you say absolutely not. We anticipate Matt being part of the team. I mean, what, what, what is yeah, that that type of yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and look, they could be a team that could draft like a Malik Willis or a Matt Matt Corral or somebody like that. 
I don't. I just don't think they're going to be signing a, like a, or trading for a veteran in the in the market. Well, you, I mean, as you point out, there's not going to be a lot of those guys out there. It looks like, especially none well, of the A-listers. That's why Jimmy G's going for more than a third round pick because there's four teams that need him. It's a bidding war. Where Where's he going? Supply and demand. Washington. Would you rather? So you're going to give a third round pick for him, or you could just roll Taylor Heineke back out there? Well, why would you do that? I think Washington gives up a second round pick for him. Don't forget about Gardner Minshew. Oh, third Minshew. rounder all day long. If Gardner Minshew goes for a third rounder, Wilson has to get a full body tattoo. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Gardner Minshew, face and everything. Okay, anything else from the uh, first couple of days of the combine that we that we need to get to? Uh, you know, whether it's like buzz about players, I know like Hassan Reddick sounded like he was going to check the um, test the free agent market. We, we thought he might come back. Um, Kenny Pickett has tiny hands. Uh, what yeah, else? I didn't ask Kenny Pickett about his hands. Because like, why didn't you ask him about his hands? Like, why would I ask him about his hands sitting right next to him? No, we talked to all the quarterbacks on on um, Wednesday. I think today, those are this is Wednesday, right? Yeah, and then right, this show is to, Thursday, but yes, we're we're recording. On I, I'm, yeah, I'm losing track of days. Talked to all the, the the some of the top uh, tight ends, which is great. Trey McBride, Greg Dulcich, uh, Isaiah Likely. Jeremy Ruckert, we talked to a ton of wide receivers, and um, it's funny, like, because, Brenton, you were coming to the Combine six, seven, eight years ago, and even then, I would imagine, I, I wasn't covering the draft then, but you were here with Prisco and JLC. The players coming through, they weren't as polished. These guys are so incredibly polished. They're so mature, and they all have their their act together, and um, you, pre, you know, Pete kept making fun of me because, like, oh, you you love all these guys. I said, well, they're all, like, super smart. They all, they're, they're all hard workers. They're all focused. None of them felt entitled because sometimes I was talking to someone about this last night. They sometimes when you're, um, he's a young, he's a young guy. He was like a late twenties. He's an agent he's a player agent and also a coach agent. He was saying sometimes the issue is when you represent, uh, kids at, at big schools, big like power five schools, they're incredibly entitled compared to kids at mid majors who came in as three stars and, uh, you know, had to bust their ass to, to get where they are to get this opportunity. And, and I think you don't see that with these guys and they're all like, some of those guys are five stars coming out. And some of those guys, Christian Watson played at North Dakota state and he, he is every bit as good as some of these guys that are going to get drafted in the, in the first 50 picks. So anyway, it's, it's been good to talk to them and see them. Uh, and this is sort of the favorite part for me getting to, to talk to them in person and, and get a feel for who they are. I dig it. Um, did we talk about, yeah, we talked about Bruce Arians on the show yesterday, didn't we, Diva? Losing my mind. A little bit, a little bit. Okay, yeah, Bruce Arians. You heard what BA said, right? About Tom Brady. On, he, he said on HQ, I think. Right? What did he say? No, it was uh, it was HQ like filming his podium session, I think. But oh, because um, he came in later and talked to Prisco and the yeah, they were. He was asked if he would help facilitate a Tom Brady move to uh, another team. He said, "Nope, bad for business." Uh, I, I mentioned that because. Tom Brady apparently went on um, uh, Sirius XM radio with Fred Couples, the golfer. What? Who yeah. knew? Love Freddie. Uh, and he said, I think it was like Fred, Fred's golf show, right? And he said, I wish I had a clear vision of what the future holds. I think for me, there's a lot of great things and a lot of great opportunities. I know I said right after football season, I was looking forward to spending more time with my family. And I've done that the last five weeks. And I know there'll be a lot more of that, too. A lot of family time. Sounds like he's already done with retirement. Yeah, it's like, you know what? <laughs> but he said, you know what? I stay busy, play a little golf. I'm actually going to see my parents tonight. You'll highlight for me on their turf. I'll be sleeping in the same bed I slept at when I was a kid. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to some golf in the next few days and some more family time. And then we'll figure out where we go from there. 
In Florida, Wait, he's excited about as a 6'4", 45-year-old man sleeping in a bed that he slept in yeah. at age four years old. Is it really? Like, your parents, would you have a king bed at age four? Like, <laughs> um, Tom Brady, you're going from your mansion and wherever it is to, uh, to that? Cool. Um, anyway, I mean, what, what do you have to decide? You've already decided. So the fact that he's deciding anything leads you to believe that he's seriously coming back. I think he's decided that five weeks felt like 50 years, and I got to get out of this being around these people all the time. He's decided that being the, the family man's not quite as cracked up, mm-hmm. not quite as cool as he thought it might be cracked mm-hmm. up. Um, and, uh, but Florio, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk goes on to write, you know, he's like, earlier this week, we reported the Dolphins had planned to make a run at Brady. I believe for several weeks that he'll be joining the 49ers eventually. Two years ago, the San Francisco was his first choice. The 49ers foolishly said, no, thanks. This time around, they'd surely welcome a chance to bring Brady home to play for his boyhood favorite team. Interesting. And Tom Brady's, you know, declining to say that he's, I mean, he didn't really say that. This is going to be a Brett Favre situation. This is going to be a Tom Brady situation, I think. No, but is it going to be wishy-washy? Sounds like it. Uh, also, that's eh, fine. I'm okay with that. Also of note, Matt LaFleur said that, uh, or yeah, he said that Aaron Rodgers played quote, a significant role in quote, in the Packers bringing back Tom Clements. I will echo it again. What I said on the podcast with breach, I think it was with breach. I don't remember anymore. Packers minus minus one forty to win the NFC North at Caesars is a smash bet. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. He's playing for the Packers and they're going to win the division in like November. Because the Bears aren't aren't going to be any good, they got a new coach. Minnesota's got a new coach, and the Lions, you know, are the Lions. Like, go bet that. I wonder. What dude. if the Bears are good though? Because that's the thing you got to do the math. Even if Aaron Rodgers comes back, I, I I'm, I'm concerned. Two to, to, to Aaron Rodgers. That's fine. One forty, still you do it. You don't have to overthink it. That's yeah. Fair. I mean, it's just it's. I, I wonder if it's moved. I mean, not like we move lines, but sometimes we talk about this stuff right here. Nope, well, minus one forty <laughs> hadn't moved. I mean, go bet that. I bet, I bet it for a lot at minus 150 on my site, and it's now 165. I thought you can say, okay, move to minus 500 because you said something. <laughs> I mean, well, sometimes what will happen is, we'll, you know, you say something or you tweet about it, all that, and people go and bet it and they notice it. You know, if it's getting action, it's not like it's not like Caesars has their ear to the podcast. It's just that people go and bet it and they're like, whoa, wait a minute, what's happening here? And they'll adjust. Um, okay. I'm getting a slight echo for myself. So if there's not anything else, we can get out of here. Anything? Any other combine thoughts? Anybody else you're looking forward to seeing? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, all these we just started. So, um, offensive linemen are coming through, defensive linemen, all the defensive side of the ball. So that's going to be fun. But that'll be in the coming days. I think we have a podcast scheduled for later in the week with uh, from Indy, and you mentioned that at the top with Prisco and, and Brady Quinn. So that'll be fun. Oh, but, the, um, uh, by the way, the, the Steelers interviewed uh, Lewis Riddick for their G, for their soon to be vacant GM job. No, they did that a few weeks ago. They've interviewed like literally twelve guys. It's it's a long list of guys. So he he was one of the first two or three, I think. No, um, Schefter reported it uh, this afternoon or uh, Wednesday afternoon. Well, he, I mean, they, I knew about it like two weeks ago. Maybe it's the second interview. Okay, maybe so. Oh, they spoke no. in Indianapolis this week. That's what. It is. There you go. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Okay. All right. Wouldn't that be something? Well, I mean, Troy Aikman, he may not have three other partners in the booth. So maybe Lewis Rick might be looking for you know. Oh, back I, it's, uh, suffice to say that the the Lou Greasy, uh, um, what's his name? Steve Levy. Levy trio is is no moss. I mean, if, 
the tra- yeah, my the point tra- is that it's officially going to ESPN. It's over. Right. So Lewis might be looking to get. He was looking. He had been, I think, interviewing prior to you know in previous years too. So I guess it's not a surprise. All right. Cool. Uh, Josh, two pods in a short time. Appreciate it, buddy. Wilson, mm. taking your you taking your 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 booze in time. Oh, I guess it's five o'clock now. So Sweet mercy. <laughs> Uh, it's it's six o'clock my time. It's five o'clock. Your no, Andy. No, Andy's on the same time zone. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The sun doesn't go down in Indianapolis. By the way, the sun's still up. You could. Uh, you could. You know. You could be down in the lobby of the JW. Elbows up with some uh, some NFL paparazzi people. Got to grind it out. I'm a grinder. All right, we're gonna grind away. Same for you, Josh. As always, guys. A pleasure for Josh and Ryan. I'm- okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.